I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hanson James. And this is Milo. What's up, y'all? Hello. How is everyone doing today, guys? Is a special day. The jazz season has officially started. It started. What's up? We haven't played any games yet, but we do finally have quotes. We have players in jerseys. Today we had training camp start. We had practice quotes. Milo, we've got some quotes and some things to go over, to overreact to, to create. Yes, I'm ready. To create buzz and and controversy, hurt some feelings, take some names. I'm excited. I'm excited to just listen to these players say things. And I know media day is a lot of PR speak, a lot of we're going to mm-hmm. do our best. We want to yep, win yep. games. But I think there were some interesting, interesting quotes from media day. Uh, I think I think there was some interesting quotes, though. I'm not sure anything's going to beat Donovan Mitchell in the summer getting splashed with cold water by Dante Exum. <laughs> that's still my favorite yes nothing's gonna be nothing's gonna be that although even today by the way guys i before we started recording go follow jerrell brantley he recorded an instagram story uh you it, this may be gone by the time you listen to this but uh just the entire team breaking out in a musical so pretty good it's a team worth following go follow jerrell brantley two-way contract guy for the jazz uh, lots of fun. Up? I'm really excited. I thought he was going to make the team over me, Aoni, to be honest, after that first game. And then he never really, after that first summer league game. And then he kind of tapered off and Aoni picked up. But still, well, I, he's got tons of potential. Yeah. And I was thinking about that and just really quickly about me, Aoni, because I think he might actually show up pretty, pretty surprisingly this season. But I, it taught me that you need to just sit back and take everything in. Don't overreact to one game try to remove your biases a little bit. I, you know, cause inside I knew the jazz needed a stretch four, and so you want Jarrell Brantley to be the guy. And then quickly and quietly Mia Ioni was like showing out. And so exciting to see Mia Ioni and see what he can do. I have to say him sitting down with Locke and Boone, he looked big like his yeah, size. He, he's a, yeah. He has really good size for a wing and he kind of fits what Utah has been finding. If you notice all their diamond in the rough, guys they find are wing players wing players with good size and um have been overlooked due to where they played or um the competition they played or or age but they are looking for a certain type and Mm -hmm. so they all they all have matched that so 
maybe Mione is is uh, the next next one up after after Royce O'Neill, after Joe Ingles, after George Niang. So we shall see. We shall see. So with training camp getting all picked up and ready to go, um, we had media day yesterday, and I feel like uh, three years ago, three years ago when the Utah Jazzy went went hard into the offseason and they had big signings. They got Joe Johnson, which before Boyan Bogdanovich, that was huge. Um, and they uh, traded for uh, George Hill. And kind of sounds a little bit familiar. In this offseason, they traded again for a, a, a star point guard or near star point guard. And then they went after a big time wing. And... Um, a big time wing and a vet. Now this time they got somebody who's a lot younger on the, on the wing um, in Bogdanovich, but uh, Dennis Lindsay and uh, Justin Zanuck. Yes. uh, Yesterday were asked about why they decided to go the way they did. And they talked about how they knew their ceiling. So let's take a listen. Well, uh, Everything matters, everything. So uh, there's only points and, or excuse me, positions and, and points that you know, lead to our percentages that lead to your overall points and point differential. And certainly uh, several of the guys that move to other teams are excellent defenders, just not Derek Favors. Uh, Jay Crowder, Ricky Rubio was a plus at this position as well. So uh, it's always going to be a give and take. Um, clearly there was some redundancy between Derek and Rudy and Rudy's going to have to take on a little bit more. We feel great about Ed Davis. He had a very good defensive year uh, last year, last couple of years really. So, uh, you know, I think three years in a row facing Golden State and Houston told us the truth that we just uh, for whatever reason couldn't keep up with their skill level. We would have preferred to face uh, both of those teams a little bit later in the playoffs. I think under normal circumstances, I don't think that that was unreasonable, especially last year. Uh- so, Dennis Lindsay out there saying we saw the glass ceiling, basically, that they'd run into those teams earlier than they wanted to, but at the same time, it, I, that just seems kind of like a false victory. It was just like, I wish we would have lost one series later rather than the other series. Like the, the only win in that scenario is really uh, the Utah Jazz's bottom line <laughs> rather than, than fans. Um, once you're in the playoffs, it's kind of an all or nothing type of thing. So uh, what do you think about it, James? <laughs> um, I think I appreciate Dennis Lindsay just being willing to, to make a move and being willing to see those things. I mean, there's a lot of fans that really – love Derek favors. I thought it was interesting how even like Ron Boone talking to, to Dennis Lindsay said, I don't understand why we traded Derek favors. And I understand in terms of just like the player himself and the role he brings to the team. And, you know, in a world where if the salary cap wasn't a thing, you'd keep Derek favors, uh, in a heartbeat, but he would have to be your backup big. Uh, but with the money that Derek Favors makes and the situation we were in, we had to make a change. And so I just appreciate that Dennis Lindsay is willing to make a change when he sees that glass ceiling, like he talked, like you said, 
uh, and 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 went forward, and we're better for it. I mean, does anyone even remember? Uh, does any is anyone thinking about? Um, oh, Miritich right now? Like, is that even a thing that people are worried about? Dennis Lindsay was just so, and Justin Zanuck too, is able to see those things, and were able to just act and and make a move that they knew the team needed. Everyone knew that the defense was good, and the biggest the falsehood out there and false narrative that lazy nationals will, will continue to say is that the jazz couldn't guard James Harden. The fact is that jazz guarded James Harden. Fine. It's that they couldn't score on the other end. And when Derek, no, they couldn't hit a shot. They couldn't like hit at a shot. all. And, and not only could they not shoot threes, but because they had players on the floor that couldn't shoot and space the floor and didn't have to be guarded, it made it impossible to go to the rim. So not only can you not shoot threes, you can't get to the rim just offense was so difficult for the team. And that's why I'm so surprised when some people, when people are just like confused at the Derek favors, the I'm like, did you watch the playoffs? I know the nationals didn't cause they don't watch a lot of jazz games. They'll have to this year. Cause the jazz are going to be really, really good, but they just couldn't find ways to score. And, and so I'm just grateful that Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck made the change. Uh, this is the team, honestly, that I think Dennis Lindsay has wanted for years where you have Rudy Gobert rolling to the rim, kind of like the, uh, two thousands Dwight with like the, the Orlando magic where you have like four shooters and then a big Mm -hmm. that rolls to the rim. That's what this team is. It's going to be exciting. I, it's the team that Dennis Lindsay's always wanted and and it's going to be exciting to see what they do. Yeah. I, I think one of the telling things is. He did say they are going to miss Derek Favors on the defensive end, but he finally admitted, and he knows this. He's he's known it the entire time. It's not like the GM's going to go out there and be like, we have tons of redundancies with our roster. Uh, but he had said that every single time they had moved on with a redundancy in, in a position, but yet they hadn't said that about Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert. And that's one of those things that, Dennis Lindsay has always valued versatility over uh, redundancies. Um, if you're going to have multiple people at the same position, you don't want them doing the same things. Um, the the one thing the if they're if they're equal in talent, that's the thing with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert. Derek Favors is a, a near all star defensive five. The problem is he was playing behind an all-star, all-NBA. And don't get me started. He, Rudy Gobert, he should have been an all-star. So I don't, I don't care if I use that. And you're like, you need to make an all-star game. He's an all-star caliber player. You, you can't tell me that a dude who makes the all-NBA team twice in the last three years is not an all-star caliber player. Whatever. We move on. I digress. He, They were... Derek Favors was never going to get past that point. And so at that point, you have a lot of talent. You have a lot of salary dumped into a position that's only going to get 10 to 15 minutes at his position that he needs to be to really succeed in the NBA. And then he's going to be kind of shoehorned into something else that's not working. And obviously, the Utah Jazz knew that. Boyan Bogdanovich fits the the position better and is going to fit in that roster and that starting five a lot better or whatever five you, you, you say, he's just going to fit out there better. And they're going to be able to have a four out there, whether it's Royce, whether it's Boyan, whether it's Joe Ingles, whether it's Jeff Green, that's going to be able to space the floor and give Rudy Gobert some better, uh, better spacing. But more importantly, he talked about Ed Davis and Ed Davis 
is is getting paid the right amount of money to be able to back up Rudy Gobert and play that Rudy Gobert role. And what's interesting is he said Ed Davis had a really good defensive season. And today the Utah Jazz they had they had their first day of training camp. And what's nuts is people are going out of their way to talk about Ed Davis today. And whether that's just the questions everybody's asking, Ed Davis was available. But um, but first, let's, let's take a – we're going to listen to what Ed Davis said on his very first day. And he they asked him why he was an insane rebounder. And he was an insane rebounder. What what was it? He was averaging, what, 18 rebounds per 36? I mean, he might Something, be the best – he might be the best rebounder in the league just in terms of just his – you know, rebounds per minute, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was something insane. It was, I mean, he averaged, I I believe it was 7.8 rebounds in only 18 minutes, something nuts. And so um, here's what Ed Davis had to say about um, bringing that energy and uh, that defensive intense, intense intensity on his first day. Why are you really good at rebounding? What do you do that no one else does? Uh, I mean, for me, you know, these last, I said like four or five years when I had to, you know, transition like my career to a different role. You know, I just focus on, you know, rebounding and, you know, looking at the numbers where, you know, the ball comes off the analytics side of it. And then, you know, just going after the ball, being aggressive and going the ball. So you have an idea, like, if someone's shooting from somewhere where the ball's likely to go off? Yeah, you know they got numbers and everything. What's it going to be like playing with Say it again. What's it going to be like playing with Playing with Rudy? Uh, I mean, I don't know how much uh, you know, me and him going to you know, play together just because, you just know. Just being on the same team, kind uh, of I mean, the um, It's going to be great. You know, uh, two-time defensive player of the year. You know, they get snubbed for no, in the all-star thing. So, you know, um, whenever you can play with a guy, you know, that caliber, you know, I can learn a lot of things from him. You know, I can teach him some things. So, you know, it's just going to be fun. And, you know, um, they brought me here, you know, to be his backup. So, you know, um, hopefully I can hold it down when he, you know, step off the floor. Along those lines, this is a team that the last few years, when Rudy came off the court, they had a guy in Derek Favors who could do that. Obviously, you're a different player from Derek. What do you bring that he doesn't? How are you similar, if at all? Uh, I mean, for me, I like I know Derek, but like I just come here like I'm gonna be myself. You know, I'm not coming here to replace him. I'm just coming here to you know help the team, and you know I'm gonna do what I do. And that's all there is to it. You know? I guess what what can fans expect from when you come on the court? Like, what do you what do you bring specifically? Um, being available one, you know, um, being consistent, you know, toughness, I'm gonna give it all I got. You know, I'm not the most skilled player, but, you know, um, I say I'm one of the, you know, um, toughest players in the league, so, you know, you're gonna get that every night. And how different is terminology? Yeah. Yeah. I love it, Davis. Dude, dude, he's already, he's already, like, climbing up, like, my new Jazz favorite player rankings right now. Like the way he was just like, I'm not the most talented player, man. Man, I'm the hardest worker out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring some toughness. Like, I feel like, I feel like what the, what's so exciting about the Utah Jazz this season is the guys coming off the bench are going to, going to be just veteran, present baller. Just they're gonna bring some toughness. If you think about it, the bench could be Ed Davis, Jeff Green, Joe Ingles, Emmanuel Mudiay. Dante Exum, um, you have like these guys are going to be flying off the bench. And that is just, just, 
that's a tough bench. I mean, it's it's not something that you'd be like, wow, this is going to win games if it was a starting five. But man, if if that was if it that was Quinn Snyder's starting five on just kind of a rough rebuilding team, you'd know you'd be in for a rough night with those guys. Though all of them are going to going to play their play their tails off. So uh, that's exciting. I love I love what Ed Davis is going to bring. Oh, and I I like what he said. I think he's actually being pretty humble there because. I mean, Ed Davis is not one of the things that makes Rudy so good is his just pure physical tools and his athleticism. And Rudy's gotten just, I mean, the thing that's scary about Rudy is he adds skill to that every year. And, but what's different between, different between Rudy and Ed Davis is Ed Davis, Ed Davis is big and long, but he's not what Rudy is. No one is. But Ed Davis has found a way to be just one of the most effective rebounders and defenders in the league. Like he is consistently, you know, analytically just, up there in the rankings the teams that he's on are just better when he's on the floor and a lot of the time that's because he's with second units but he just he just wins his possessions when he's on the floor and i think when he says yeah like rudy can teach me some things but i can teach him some things it reminds me of those like it's the coaches that become really good are not like the players like jordan or magic johnson or these guys those guys never become the good coaches because they have that just insane talent and physical prowess it's the guys like Jerry Sloan, uh, Phil Jackson, the guys that had to learn to be good and overcome their physical limitations to be great. Mm-hmm. And so someone like Ed Davis, who who is probably one of the smarter guys out there that, you know, will be able to teach Rudy some things that he like, like, I think Andy Larson asked him, like, do you know where to come off the the where to stand when someone shoots the ball to get the rebound? It's like. It's like Dennis Rodman teaching you some things because Dennis Rodman was an incredible rebounder, but was not like this, you know, he didn't have the size that Rudy Gobert has or a Joel. Or like Embiid. Paul Mills, Paul Millsap when he played for the jazz, it was just one of those things where he just knew where the ball was going to be. And it's something that is just insane. He had and and to work to get to that position and to, and to see, you just have to outwork people. So I see where you're coming from there. Yeah. And I, th- I think Ed Davis can really teach Rudy a lot of stuff. It, it's exciting to see. Yeah, and and I like that he knows what his role is going to be. Versus there, though Derek Favors was accepting a role, there was always that feeling where he's just like, "Yeah, I'm doing this for the team," mm-hmm. type of type of thing. You know, like yeah. it's not it's not my first choice, but you know what? You know, we're 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 going to make this work, and we, we you know we we care about um, making this work. Versus like Ed Davis, you heard it in his lines. He's like, "I'm here to back up Rudy." I'm here to go out there and make sure that we provide the same consistency, same level of defense, the same level of toughness. And, uh, and he's also, um, he's already putting in the ballot for Rudy Gobert for all-star game. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Oh yeah. Like like that he got snubbed. He snubbed in the all-star, just snuck it in, starting early, hitting that campaign early. Oh, so, Ed Davis, Ed Davis is going to be a fan favorite because those 15 to 20 minutes a night he comes out, you're going to see a guy just like hard nose, rebound, putbacks, offensive rebounds, stuff like that. He's going to have like Ed Davis is going to win us a game this year on an offensive rebound at some point and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and one of the big things that they've been talking about is they do want to crash the offensive boards and really punish teams for going small. And not just and and I know the Jazz are going smaller, but a lot of teams are bringing 
putting guys like P.J. Tucker or Draymond Green at the center position. And so if you are keeping Ed Davis and Rudy Gobert down there for the offensive rebound, you send everybody else back, but you kind of keep those two in the – in the play to try to get that offensive rebound, you can really punish teams. And Dennis Lindsay had talked about on media day that a lot of European teams do that. Now it's a bit harder with the, with the NBA, with the pace and with the, with the different core and different rules. But at the same time, there is a, he said there is a nugget there that can be had if they, if, if they do it wisely. And I think Ed Davis is part of that. And I also think that Ed Davis is a big part of making sure that they are able to run their offense the same way um, when he leaves and uh, when, when Rudy Gobert leaves and when Ed Davis comes on there. Ed Davis had told uh, Donovan Mitchell on the first day, on the first day, he said that I'm going to set the screen and don't look for me. I'm going to get you open. That's a Rudy Gobert mentality. That's a, that's a screen assist type mentality. And that's amazing. It's just exciting. Uh, they can just play 48 minutes the same way. You know, there's no, because when Derek was on the floor, Derek has just a different game and different strengths. They're both good pick and roll bigs, but Derek's like a pick and pop big half the time. Like, and Rudy is purely a roller. And, and so they can just play the same way. I think that fluidity will just be really nice. So you're not thinking so much when you're on the floor, mm-hmm. you're yeah. just reacting. Yeah, there's. I mean, there as always. There's some things that you're going to lose with Derek Favors going. Um, uh, Derek Favors and Joe Ingles had great chemistry in the pick and roll. They won a lot. They, they were able to win the Jazz. You know, I I would say there's like three to five games last season that because of Joe Ingles and Derek Favors just like just doing work on the pick and roll, they were able to win some games. So it, it's going to be a different dynamic, but. At the end of the season, we're probably going to – there's going to be some weird combination with Ed Davis and somebody else. We're like, wow, that 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 one of some games, just like you said, or that offensive rebounding, just a different – I like what he said too. I'm not trying to re, – I'm not here to replace Derek Favors. I'm just here to be me. So um, so here's what uh, Rudy Gobert had to say about uh, Ed, Ed Davis, and uh, he had some glowing reviews for him. Obviously, Derek was a great defender. Was a guy that people were probably overlooking a little bit, but he was doing a tremendous job. Uh, and especially also when I was on the bench. You know, so Ed's gonna be, I think, gonna be great for us. And it's on me to, it's on us really to be to you know, uh, uh, be there and be the, the anchor of, of our defense. What have you seen out of Ed over the years that encourages you to think that he can pick it up quickly? First of all, I love his, his, uh, his toughness. You know, he, he's relentless, he doesn't stop, and, uh, and he likes to win. You know, he's a competitor, and you know, when you have a guy like that on your team, it's only, uh, it can only be a positive thing. What does he do that makes him such a good rebounder? He just wants it. You know, rebound is, you know, it's, of course, you gotta be tall, you gotta be strong, but you just gotta want it more, and uh, you know, he wants it. You know, and it's, if you don't box him out, or even if you try to box him out, he's gonna be, he's gonna try to tip it in or tip it out, and you know, he's always hustling for the ball. Would you care? So, there he's talking about Rudy Gobert has really high praise about him. He said he just wants it. Mm-hmm. He just, just wants it. So, oh, did you have something? Oh, I was just gonna say, just really awesome to hear. It feels like. One of the that's and I I think you hit the nail on the head earlier is just there was so much like just with Derek on the floor, you just never quite knew. And they were trying to prove this Derek and Rudy can play together thing. 
and all this stuff last year that at times would work because defensively it was so good, but overall it uh, wasn't good enough to win um, enough playoff series. And so it's just so nice. that This team just knows what their role is. They know who I, this is what I do. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. And they get to play their, to their strengths. Like Derek favors gets to be a center in, in new Orleans. And now like the team gets to have shooters on the floor around Rudy. Uh, Rudy gets to, you know, be even better with the spacing and, and all that. So it's just nice to have a team that like the roles are so clear and everyone is, is happy to just fit into what they're going to be doing. Yeah, and speaking of roles, Quinn Snyder, when he was asked about Ed Davis, uh, the second half of this clip is just hard to hear, so we're not going to go to that because you can just hear all the basketballs just bouncing in the background. Quinn Snyder's already in midseason form where he's lost his voice on day one. But um, here's here's what Quinn Snyder said about Ed Davis, and it's just really short, but I mean, Quinn is going to like this guy. Along those lines, what have you liked when Ed's brought you so far? You know, what have I not liked? (laughs) Right there. They asked him, like, hey, what is he going to bring on the floor? What have you liked? And he's like, what have I not liked? Um, He is definitely a guy, I think, with with the Utah Jazz and their defensive um, identity. I think he's going to get a lot more – I think he's going to get a lot more praise and that's that's crazy because he was in Brooklyn and they had that big season, but I honestly think he's going to get a lot m- more praise because of just Western Conference, um, the amount of talent that is there. Jazz are probably going to be a fifty-win team unless something seriously goes wrong, and I think inside Utah's defensive scheme, he's really going to sing because it is built for him. It, I, he is a Rudy Gobert light. And so it is built for his skill set. So he's really going to be able to stand out and have a good season. And so I, he's one guy, I I mean, I was like, yeah, it's a good signing. But listening to the last two days, I'm a lot more stoked about Ed Davis than, than I was starting on Sunday. Oh, and it's it's not a coincidence that like, so Brooklyn wins that first game against Philadelphia and Ed Davis gets hurt and doesn't play and they lose the next four games. I don't think that's like, I don't think Brooklyn was going to beat that team, but there was definitely a defensive difference when Ed Davis wasn't on the floor. They would just get blown off the court. And so he's, he just makes you better when he's on the floor. He, he's, he's one of those guys that, and that's why the jazz this year are kind of a title that not kind of they absolutely are a title contender is because you've got players that are coming off the bench that could start for a lot of teams like Ed Davis could go to the Suns and he would get them uh you know like a few more wins than they normally would he is a better player than DeAndre Ayton right now he knows how to win but he's going to be on the Jazz as their backup center you know it's it's a great pickup absolutely great pickup both both him and Jeff Green are guys where the Utah Jazz sign, you're like, this doesn't happen to Utah. This is a type of signing that a a Los Angeles Lakers team that's stacked gets. Or this is what the Miami Heat got when they were the Heatles and they had LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. This is not something that the Utah Jazz normally get is a above average guy on a veteran minimum contract. This is com- – oh, this is – it's fun. This is so cool. I, I tweeted uh, last night. I was just. I said. I. I still can't believe 
that the Jazz have a team like this. It still doesn't feel real. And so this is just super exciting. And so, but one thing that is real is we're going to cut to a quick commercial break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, the dynamics of Mike Conley and Joe Ingles and also the Bojo Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. Uh, So, James. Are you excited to learn about the Bojo show? I I can't wait. I mean, there were some hints uh, during the during the the different interviews and things that were really exciting to me. Uh, I mean, David Locke couldn't have hinted harder uh, that Royce O'Neill is going to be playing power forward, and I think Tony Jones was on ESPN 700 saying that if he had to predict who was going to be the starting power forward, it would be. Royce O'Neal with uh, with Bojan Bogdanovic, but I think we're going to see the Bojo show to close the games. Uh, yes, the Bojo I, show. So for those who do not know what the Bojo show is, Bojan and we'll Joe. Bojan and Joe. We'll let Donovan Mitchell intro them. Can you speak? This question is for both of you guys, plural, more than one. Um, so, you know, in basketball, they have duos. You know, Oh, we lost it. Hold on. Hold on. This is very important. Can you speak? This question is for both of you guys. Plural, more than one. Um, so, you know, in basketball, they have duos, you know, shooting duos, the Splash Brothers. Mike, I'll ask you first. What do we call Boyan and Joe? Oh, my God. What do you call that? What do we call the duo? Like, like, like a nickname? Yeah. The Bojo Show? <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be amazing. And Joe Ingles is, by the way, if we, if we all forgot, Joe Ingles is the greatest. He's unbelievable. But why are you all be dicky about it? <laughs> I, I want, I want all the, I want all the Australian slang and, Speaking of Australian slang, we I'm not sure if we have talked about this enough, but during FIBA, the Australian announcers were amazing. We have oh, not talked great. enough. They were amazing. They were so much fun. They were so much fun because they were that. They were they were like, you, you see him being uh, getting dicky in the lane. And you're like, what does that even mean? I don't know, but I like it. It's fun. They could probably to to Australia. They're like these two are terrible, but for us, it's fun, and that's what I want. I just I want to be entertained. Oh, we are going to be. I mean, how do you even guard? So let's say the game is. I mean, that's the thing is the Jazz have lineups that can catch up now. 
You know, if yes. you're behind by eight and it's the fourth quarter, put Bo, put the Bojo show on the floor with Conley and Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And it is going to be absolutely lights out. Like, I, th- I think one of my favorite quotes was um, Dennis Lindsay talking about Boyan Bogdanovich and how he has he can have a clay effect at times. Obviously he's not the player that clay Thompson is, but he's close. Uh, but he can, ability- he can catch fire. He can catch fire. Exactly. That's what he was saying. He's saying that there are going to be games where Boyan will come on the floor and hit like three threes in a row and crack a game open or catch you up. Like, let's say you're like eight points behind. I mean, last year there were times where Ricky would on- be on the floor and shooting one for nine and, and you have just no spacing, no one's guarding him, and then things can't get going. And an eight-point lead feels like a 15-point lead. And- oh, and an eight-point lead takes eight minutes to catch up because it was it was scraping and clawing. Now the Jazz could do that with their defense, but it was just it it was like last year I was watching the Chicago Bears um of yesteryear where you're where you're like, they can't score on offense at all but maybe they're going to get some pick sixes and get back in this. And they had the potential to do that. That's what the jazz felt like last year. It was, if we want to get back into in this, we have to focus 100% on our defense and then pray to the heavens above that our offense finally kicks into gear. Mm -hmm. And, and that's how they won 50, 51 games. I can't remember what it was. It was just this elite level defense, but you know what, when you have this type of offense and if Rudy can keep up the same level of play, which a lot of the numbers say that he can, and then and have this type of offense paired paired with what Rudy does, I mean, this team has a potential, I mean, honestly, this team has the potential to win it all. Like, the numbers and everything else are there. The Jazz can be absolutely phenomenal. There's going to be games where they are just up by 25 going into the fourth quarter and we get to watch a lot of garbage time. Uh, yeah. It's they are going to be so good. Like Rudy is going to have, like he's going to have nights where he's just dominant, and and then you'll have like imagine just a game where like Boyan has a big game and Rudy has a big game, or a night where Joe goes off for twenty five points and Ed Davis is just killing the second unit. There's just going to be so many nights where a different player just has a nice game and we win, or like like Dennis Lindsay says. Boyan just like he hit three threes in a row and all of a sudden we were up 12, you know, that type of yeah. thing is just going to happen all the time. And it, ah, I cannot wait. It is closer every day. Uh, I don't know what your next, if we have another clip, but one other thing, sorry, I'm just thinking about. Some no, no, things. go, go ahead. The other thing that I really liked is someone asked Rudy Gobert and I think you do have a clip from Rudy or no, we already played the clip, but they asked him about, um, chemistry, like how quickly is, is it coming together? And he said, well, pretty quickly because the first play with Boyan on the floor, he threw a lob to Rudy and put it down. Right. And I just, there's just so many players that are just in their prime, smart players that can do so many things. The idea that Boyan can just throw a lob to Rudy is so incredibly exciting because we know Boyan's a shooter, but if he can just make nice passes, Oh my gosh. This team has a chance honestly to be at I mean I would be pretty disappointed if they were not top 10 in both offensive defense offense and defense. I think they, Yeah, and they could be top ahead. 5 top 5, you know? Yeah, yeah, they could be top 5 and top 5 and if that's the case that's a that's a championship 
contender right there. Not just a, hey, they're in the hunt. This is the teams and they're kind of a dark horse. That's a, that's a legit championship contender that's coming in night in and night out and just and just rolling teams. I think what is really cool, um, and I can't remember who said it um, yesterday. I believe it was, um, I, I believe it was um, Rudy Gobert where he was talking about all the veterans on this team. And one of the, one of the strengths of that is you don't have to, you don't have to teach a young player how to read a pick and roll, or you don't have to teach a young player to do this. If you look at how many guys are on the Jazz squad, who you're really putting a lot of development time in to, um, it's, it's really limited. And so you have a lot of smart guys coming in. If you look at all the new guys who've come in, they're all vets. They're all veteran guys who are just like, okay, listen, we got work to do. I got a playbook I got to learn. I got to learn chemistry. I got to learn where people are going to do. I got to watch a lot of film on my team um, to know how my guys work. It's just guys who know the business. So it's not like they're caught off guard when they get, they're only been in the league for two years and they get traded. Or if they're a young star, they're kind of used to the way they things are. Guys like Mike Conley, who he was a guy who had skills coming in, but he also had to work at it to get to get better. Uh, oh, yeah. He knows he what it, he had to do improve, and he went through different iterations of his team. Whether it was their grit and grind versus the later years where he had to t- shoulder the load, or where he was when he had guys that were developing. He's been in multiple iterations of the same team. He's been around the block. Ed Davis is the same way. He came to league highly heralded, and now he's kind. Of, he's just a super sub of a role player. He knows what he does best, so he's he's no longer at that point where he's just like maybe I'm going to add a three pointer to my game. Maybe I'm going to do this. And he's like, no, I rebound, I set screens, and I get uh, and I play defense. That's what I do. That's all I do. I know I'm good at it. That's why I focus on Jeff Green. I think Jeff Green's the only one out of those three where you're like, there are nights he might be like. I think I can score 50 and he can't, but he's going to think he can. Um, but other than that, I, and, and I think he's at an age now where he's just like, I, I, I just am what I am at this point. And with Quinn Snyder, if you play outside of yourself, um, you're not going to get minutes unless your name is Shelvin Mack or Jay Crowder. Other than that, how dare you say that name? <laughs> other than that, you will, you, you're going to, you're going to ride the pine. And I think with this team, um, there's just so much talent on there. If, if you aren't playing within your role and within, within your talent's ability, there's no longer, it's not like last year or years prior where they had to rely on players to play above their talent's ability to win games. That's, that's no more. You we're no longer relying on Ricky Rubio to consistently be a 50% or over, uh, from the field shooter. We're no longer, uh, needing, Jay Crowder to shoot 35% or over for the game to win. Uh, That's not going to happen anymore. Now we have consistent shooters at that position. So if you're going to go out there, you're going to be inconsistent and play outside of your role. You ain't going to be playing. That's just how it is. There's a much talent, much more talented team and a bunch of guys who know their roles and know, know what they're going to do. And if you're playing outside your role, you better be 23 or younger and working with a development coach. And if you're not, and if you're a vet on a minimum contract, they're not going to be putting that time into you and being that patient. So it's it's not going to matter. So that's really exciting. I think one of the things, and I think you can comment on this because you called me today. 
just to tell me, I think we have a championship team. Like that's that's what you called me. That was it. That was like middle of the day. I just wanted to let you know we have a championship team. As if did you need it on record? Did you just need it on record right then? Where you're like, I wanted him it into existence. I wanted him on on this day of October first to know I called it. Um, so (laughs) I honestly believe I just I you know, and I'm always super positive, but I just don't see I don't see why they can't beat anyone. I honestly like this team won 50 games with two players that couldn't shoot the ball, you know? Mm -hmm. And now we have like, I mean, I don't even, I'm not even worried. Like I'm going to be surprised when Boyan's not hitting his shots or Joe, like Joe. And that was one thing they talked to Joe about in interviews is Joe's going to be like the fifth option at times. And when, when David Locke asked him that or told him, you know, talked to him about that, he was like beaming. And so it's just like, this team is just so primed to win a lot of games. They're good for the regular season. They're also built for the postseason because they have guys like Conley and Mitchell who, when things get tight, can go get a bucket. And because they're going to have to guard all these guys, it's going to be easy for them. I mean, they're just going to be so good. It's it's very it's, hard to see them not being very, very successful, you know, barring and injury. They, and but. it seems like they know that. It seems like they know um, because they're being coy in past years, it's just like, you know what, you know, you always play to win, you know, at, at some point we want to win a championship. That's the end goal. Like they're talking about it, but they're talking about it. Like, like, it, it, like going to grad school. It's just like, you know, at some point, you know, I am going to want to graduate and go to grad school. I don't know what I you know want to do, but I'm going to find out when I get there versus now there's, they're saying our goal is to win a championship. And there's there's no there's no ifs to it. The yeah, only it, thing the only thing they're saying after they said we want to win a championship because we want to win a championship we got to work we got to put in the work. No one's going to respect us. No one is no one is going to give it to us. None of us have been on something like this. None of us have, and that's the other cool thing about this. No one on this team has really been in this scenario before, and that can either work for them or against them. That's such a I just realized how how um, tropey that seemed. Um, <laughs> it can only work one of two ways. It's a lot more complex by by that. But I think w- the way it works for them by saying we just got to work, we got to put down our heads, and and no one's been here before. I think when no one has been, and especially when you ha- have a veteran laden team with really good talent, I think they're there's that urgency that starts to play with everybody that they want to be there. I think about like the Houston Rockets in the nineties when they brought in like Clyde, the glide and, and Charles Barkley and um, it, where um, they re they brought on these guys, some of these guys from other teams who just not gone to the show and how much that, and they were at the end of the and further end of their careers. And they're like, we want to get there. We want to taste the promised land. And I think for Mike Conley, he knows he's got two years of his prime left in the tank. He knows this is his window. Jeff Green knows this is his window. Ed Davis knows this is his window. Joe Ingles, same way. A lot of these guys know that. And what's great about it is you don't just want veteran guys. You want some younger guys who – and we talked about this when Donovan Mitchell was a rookie – Sometimes it's great to have guys there 
who are doing so good, they don't realize they're not supposed to be doing this good. Or they don't realize they're not supposed to be progressing this quickly. And and you need that youthful naivety when you are on these teams just to to kick it up a notch. That's what, what happened with the Miami Heat with Shaquille O'Neal and Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade had that insane year and that's insane finals where he was just so young and you're it, and he didn't know he wasn't supposed to be doing that. He was just a lot of reaction just in the moment versus like all the self-speak and the self-talk of like, I, I haven't, I, I've been here and I failed and all of that. And they don't have that. And, and Donovan Mitchell, his failures are failures that a lot of guys in this league, Devin Booker, um, Carl Anthony Towns, other good young players would kill to have the, the failures of Donovan Mitchell. His failures are didn't get to the conference finals and the NBA finals, got stopped in the second round, lost to one of the top two teams in the in the West in the playoffs last year. Like that's that's his limitations. Like it's a really special year, and this team knows they got a shot, and that is awesome. I'm I'm very excited and I really do feel like, you know, if they're healthy uh, and, you know, the Jazz have some edges that the other teams don't. I think Quinn Snyder's already out Doc Rivers in a playoff series before and he can do it again. Now he has better talent than he's ever had on his team. And that's another thing that everyone said. And I know we got to end here pretty soon, but like everyone just said, like Boyan Bogdanovich said, this is the best team I've ever been on. And everyone is just looking around them, looking at all the talent. And then if you have other guys that step up as well, like it, like uh, Ed Davis in one of those clips mentioned Stanton Kidd as someone that really surprised him. Like maybe someone I was like, shocked by that. I like every, he was mentioned like two or three times by other guys too. That Stanton Kidd was a guy where we're like, wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah, like what if he steps up, or what if Mieoni becomes this really surprising three and D player, or Dante Exum has the year that we've been all all been waiting for and hoping for, or something like that happens that can just. There's a lot of, we already know how good they're going to be. And there's even more potential for someone else to step up and be great. What if George Niang takes a big step and mm-hmm. is just this 40 something percent three point shooter that defends at a average level, you know, and there's just a lot of opportunities for this team to just win a lot of games. It's exciting to see. And it's exciting to be back, Milo, talking about. Uh, it's real well, basketball. We're going to talk about real basketball. There's, we're going to have a game. Well, next week, they're going to play a game. Yeah, we get to talk about what actually happened. Now it's going to be against the uh, the 36ers um, from Sydney. But hey, it's a game and it's going to be awesome. And I'm getting really excited. I think one thing on players and there's opportunity to grow. Uh, ben Dowsett, he put out a, a, a tweet and uh, I'm butchering it. So Ben Dowsett, if you're listening to this, I apologize. But he said, I think a lot of people are overvaluing um, what could happen to this. Basically saying people are saying if Donovan Mitchell has a a subpar year, they're thinking that the jazz won't be good this year for, and and, and that's under undervaluing the jazz and just how much talent they have. And he said, likewise, there's a lot of people out there who don't realize how insane this Utah Jazz team will be if Donovan Mitchell takes a leap. If he takes the third-year leap, which is um, 
for for those who are listening out there, that's kind of a, a lot of superstars. It happens to them where they've worked so hard. That's when it happens. They go from star player to this guy is unstoppable. And it usually happens in their third year. Very rarely does it have you, happen in your fourth or your fifth, like a Victor Oladipo. And so if it hap- if Donovan Mitchell, of all the work he's put in this offseason with FIBA and Team USA and being able to be healthy, if he takes that leap, all of a sudden this team goes from being, wow, this is really balanced and you have a bunch of guys who are top 50 guys, like almost their entire starting li- lineup is top 50. All of a sudden you go to having two guys, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, who are top 10 players. That oh, is insane. Well, with with uh, the Flash in Miami, it was a title. So, yeah, and they didn't even have guys like Mike Conley or Joe Ingles or Boyan Bogdanovich. So, it's going to be it is going to be absolutely amazing. Well, I am personally very excited, and this Saturday, I believe, is the is the final pre or the first, not the final, the first preseason game. It's Saturday, right? Yeah. Saturday, Saturday preseason game against the Australian team. It's going to be fun guys. We're going to have previews, post games, podcasts. Adelaide. It's the Adelaide 36ers. Adelaide Isn't 36ers. That Joe Ingles, that's Joe Ingles hometown, right? Joe Ingles hometown. He claims Melbourne, but he's from Adelaide. So we get to watch Joe play against the team he played with. And maybe some Adelaide. of the guys we played with in uh, in the FIBA tournament. But uh, guys, make sure that you are going to SLC Dunk and reading everything. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all of the social media platforms. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Milo, I will talk to you next time. See you later, man. <laughs>